0: Good uh, morning, uh, this is uh, uh, Eric Martel with Breakaway from the Rat Race, and today I have the honor of uh, speaking with uh, Michael Zuber, uh, author of One Rental at a Time, a very popular book, and uh, also uh, Michael explains a lot about his, uh, in this book about his journey from uh, full-time employment, nine to five kind of uh, job into financial freedom. So, welcome, Michael. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Eric. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I love I love being on channels that talk about the rat race. I uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's actually something I didn't even know existed until I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which was the first book that kind of introduced that concept to me. and The, the sad fact is, I was 30 years old when I read the book. So. I'd already, yeah. I'd already been in the rat race and didn't even know it.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the yeah. And I, when I chose that uh, the title for that channel, I didn't know if if people would really connect to that with the rat race and stuff like that. And but you know, it seems to connect a little bit to uh, some people. And then when I explain what that is, then they say, "Oh yeah, my God, I'm I I am on the <laughs> the hamster on the wheel or the
1: absolutely.
0: Oh uh, yeah." So, uh, yeah, so tell up. me a little bit, so Michael, tell me a little bit more about kind of your journey and kind of like your first, uh, you know, kind of like where, where you come from, like your, uh, yeah. your background and all of that. And, and then kind of what made you, uh, come to real estate and where, who you are today.
1: Absolutely. So I think, uh, at, you know, break away from the rat race is, is, is an is a great title for kind of my, my story and journey. And, Really, it, it begins. Um, you know, I was raised by a you know a loving family. didn't didn't have means. I mean, there were many times. My parents are high school graduates, uh, both served in the military, uh, but we didn't have money. Right? Money. Yeah. When you ask me about money, it was a it was a source of stress because life was good when we had it, but yeah. we didn't have it a lot. So yeah. life was was pretty stressful. And uh, you know, my lessons learned from early in life was. Uh, go sell as many hours as you can because had, I've had i had two or three jobs for most of my life. yeah. And um, that's just how I was raised. But then then once you get the money, what do you do? Well, you spend it. So um,
0: that's, that's what I did. Much, right? uh, there was not much to save anyway, right? I mean, you had a little bit to save, but yeah. then any little emergency would I mean, drain looking, you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, again, as a kid, um, you know, again, my story is pretty weird, right? So I, I had a job since I was 12. I got a job under the table because in California at the time, you couldn't get a job until you were 13, even with your parents' permission. So yeah. what did I do? I go got, I got a job, a cash job under the table in a dry cleaner, uh, just <laughs> doing just nasty work and the fumes and stuff, I'm sure, didn't do well for me. But again, I needed money because yeah. money equaled, you know, a, a better life. Uh, mm. And then well, I didn't save it. I just spent it. As soon as it came in, it went. And that's why did I do that? Because that's how I was raised, right? You, yeah. you earn money, you spend money. Never yeah. talked about saving, never talked yeah. about investing, never talked about an emergency fund. Uh, again, money was a stressor. So what, what did I learn? Well, I'm going to go bust my ass because my parents work hours and get money. Yeah. I didn't have any, any inclination of, well, make your money work for you. I mean, this, my, we didn't talk about that. We either were shopping or yelling at each other because we didn't have any money. I mean, that was yeah. that was kind of my, my youth. Yeah. Uh, then I go off to school, right? I'm the first one in my family to get an um, undergrad and graduate degree, both sides. Uh, mm-hmm. Because why? Because I equated advanced degree with money. I mean, that's yeah. the only reason I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go on to, um, you know, I start making six figures in my mid-20s, which, oh, by the way, is more than my parents combined at that point. Wow. And I was, quote, unquote, the successful one. Yeah. Why? Well, because I paid a lot in taxes. That's that's why I was the successful one. <laughs> I didn't have anything to show for it. Uh, yeah. Then I start day trading stocks, you know, with the dot-com era and all of yeah. that. And, and oh, yeah. Quite well. Do really well. Uh, don't know what the hell I'm doing, uh, but the market goes up and I don't realize it. Uh, and I win and have the tax return to prove it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the market turns pretty much like yeah. it did in the last couple of weeks.
0: Kind of yeah, everybody felt uh, before oh. the dot com crash, everybody felt like they were a stock genius. They knew how to pick <laughs> stock and all of that. And everybody, you know, the yeah. receptionist and the secretary, everybody was watching uh, CNBC and then just, CNBC. you know, yeah, and that trading and yeah. Yeah. doing IPOs and all of that. Everybody.
1: Yeah, people were quitting their jobs to day trade. I mean, I, I, I was a manager at the time and people were quitting to be day traders, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much just like it is 20 years later today in, in 2020, right? People are. David Portnoy and Robinhood accounts. It's all the same stuff, just different technology, but I lose it all. And then I remember walking into a bookstore or today would be Amazon, but I walked into a physical bookstore with the tail between my legs, totally depressed, beaten, lost six figures. Right. Which again was an unimaginable amount of money from where I came from. Right. Just total loser. And I find this purple book, rich dad, poor dad. And uh, I go on to read it 10 or 11 times in a row, just like cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, these are like revolutionary thoughts. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever, nobody, I mean, and, and I have an MBA. I have a master's in business administration <laughs> and nobody has ever talked to me about these things.
0: Isn't that like, amazing? Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it all wrong. Yeah. And uh, that's where I get the inclination for a house. But again, if yeah. you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, it doesn't tell you how.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It
1: changes your mindset. It probably yeah. motivates you. Yeah. And it questions your upbringing. Uh, but I didn't know what to do next. So yeah. uh, I go on a, uh, build a uh, reading every book I can. And ultimately, we start buying rental properties, which is our story, one rental at a time. We go from a single yeah. house that 15 years later is a, a portfolio of hundreds of units. And mm-hmm. we retire financially free at 45. So mm-hmm. our story starts at 30. And ends 15 years later.
0: Wow, great story! And so, when you look at the um, so, how did you get started? How did you find out like with, which house mm-hmm. to buy, where to go? I think you went to Fred. You were looking at uh, Fresno, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, so how did you pick Fresno? And how did yep. you and uh, you know figure all all that out? Because it's it's new to yeah, you, so- right? Even though you have the MBA. Oh. MBA, they don't tell, teach you how to invest. They, uh, they basically make you into a manager to work for somebody else. And, exactly,
1: uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: So even- yeah, That they give you a decent network. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you do that for the networking. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. So for me, again, right, it, it starts with that book that changed my life. And then I go on a reading bench. So for me, every book I read after that said, invest 30 minutes from home, yeah. right? That was the answer. Right. If Mm -hmm. you net it out. Unfortunately, I happen to live in the Silicon Valley, which today is ridiculously expensive. And oh, by Mm -hmm. the way, 20 years ago, it was just as ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But every book said invest 30 minutes from home. So what did I do? My wife and I went on a a 52 week journey to find the magic street, the magic house in the Bay Area that worked. Yeah. And after 52 weeks of wasted time, my wife says that's enough. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Um, we're either done or we're going somewhere else. So yeah. she, Olivia, gets a lot of credit, which I give her in the book multiple times. She pulls out a California map on our kitchen table and goes, where are we going to go? Because for me, the answer was, we're gonna, we can't invest here. So what do we do? It's do we get on a plane or do we drive? Yeah. I happen to have a career that already took me on a plane 100 nights a year. And I'm like, no more planes. So my answer mm-hmm. was car. So yeah. we started drawing circles around where we live. And the first market of size, which meant a population of over half a million, um, mm-hmm. was Fresno that made sense. Yeah. And we were in Fresno two, maybe three weeks later. Uh, we found that house on Norris Drive that we talk about in the book, and we bought yeah. it. We, yeah. had, we were at the point where we were, we were exhausted. Yeah. It was 107 grand. We were told it rent for 1,100, and we just dove in. We mm-hmm. didn't know what the hell we were doing. We put yeah. 20% down. Why? Because that's what the bank said to do. Yeah, um, yeah I, I wish I could tell you our, our thought process was deeper on that first house, it wasn't. <laughs> we were just exhausted after wasting a year, Yeah, and we felt like we had to do something.
0: Well, this is good because I think on one, so, so many people are just gonna say, they're still not gonna take action, they, they just do, and mm-hmm. they, uh, they spend a lot of time, they find the right, the right house, the right properties, the number may, makes sense, and then they still hesitate. And then they, they mm-hmm. don't take action. Um, so I think this is, this is where the turning point is that you take action and yeah. you actually uh, make, make, make the transaction.
1: Yeah, it was a positive cash flow house. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Back in the day, it met the 1% rule. I don't believe in it now, but that's, you know, that was, again, right? That was another thing yeah. that was talked about.
0: Yeah. And again, I
1: remember driving home because for us, Fresno was two and a half hours away one yeah. way. So I remember my wife in the car on the way back. and She goes, so what do you think? I'm like, oh, I wish we would have saw more. I wish it would have done that. And she pulls. She says, pull over. I'm like, what do you mean pull over? She goes, pull over. And she she goes on to very nicely say, if you don't write an offer on that house, I'm never coming back. Because remember, she just spent 52 or 54 yeah. weeks or whatever it was, wasting yeah. her Sundays, which yeah. you know, rightly so. She because she had a job too. It's not like yeah, she because yeah, you were
0: right both working, said, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, she worked her ass off as well. So yeah. um, she's like, and so of course I go, yes, dear. <laughs> Called up the real. I'll offer full price. Why? Because I don't know. Everybody offers full price. I don't know what, I mean, uh, I could yeah, offer yeah. less. I didn't know. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So yeah, at least you were in alignment. You both wanted oh, to, uh, to buy the doubt. property. Yeah. Because otherwise sometimes, without you know, doubt. people are not, if they have a partner or significant other, it's, you know, you have to convince your, your partner that's like, okay. Well, I want to go in on this and this is important and it's, mm-hmm. and you have to convince them and so you were both in it together. So that was really, uh, yeah. this is a great Yeah,
1: place. I'm very lucky. I, I've yeah. talked to lots of people that one way or the other, it's, it's not in sync. The beauty of mm-hmm. doing this, because again, if you're going to be a buy and hold investor and really look to get out of the rat race, it's going to take yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, and, and the length of the race or the length of time to get out is based on how much money you need, right? We live in the Silicon Valley, yeah. which is yeah. expensive. So our road was long. Yeah. And for us, it was 15 years. Many people can yeah. do it in less than 10 yeah. uh, if you keep your monthly expenses low. Uh, What that means is we had our ups and downs personally, right? There were sometimes I was frustrated. Sometimes she was frustrated. We were very lucky that whenever I was up or whenever I was down, she was up or she was down, I was up. So we pulled each other forward. We divided activity. So we weren't stepping on each other's toes. We Mm -hmm. obviously trusted each other. Constant, constant communication. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I truly, truly lucky.
0: Oh, this is good. So we were at the, we had very similar inflection point, I think, for for that at the the dot com crash, because at that point, that's when I was I was looking for passive income, and then I was looking for rental properties as mm-hmm. well. And actually, before the dot com crash, I wanted to diversify. I had like tons of uh, stock options, hmm. and I w- I wanted to diversify just because. And then. <laughs> uh,
1: it's a good thing and, to do. It's what everybody says. The first
0: Exactly, right? And then I talked to my uh, Mer- Merrill Lynch. I go to Mer- Merrill Lynch and then I say, and the guy looks at my thing and said, that's it. You've, you've made it. You've made it. You can just, uh, okay, I've, I've made it. Yay. What does and that mean? So I mean? started yeah. diversify. Yeah. Dot-com crash happened. Oh, no, I, I didn't make it anymore. Now I have to work. <laughs> have to so, sorry,
1: the finish line moved.
0: <laughs> in what Exactly, right? One year, the whole thing shifted. And then, uh, so that's when I, I decided I wanted to be in control of, of my investment, not relying on the stock option and people doing like crazy mm-hmm. stuff that I'm not aware of. And uh, I did look at, at uh, the Bay Area this, which is where I lived, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it didn't make any sense to to rent. If you want something to cash flow, you have to put too much money in. Yeah. And the return, the return was one and two percent. Then yeah, I said, "Well, I might silly. as well buy bonds." Yep. And then, uh, and then at that time, I'm I don't like driving, so I was also on the plane. I was an independent, I was an independent consultant, and I would go and fly everywhere. So I didn't want to fly. And I didn't like driving. I mm-hmm. had no appetite to go three hours out to Fresno and and then having to come and back, back. And <laughs> no. Just like so, I I was out. Yeah. So at that point, we did all kinds of other stuff. We did like a gourmet sauce company and all of that. But uh, yeah, so that's that is very interesting. And something that may, some people may not know, not now. There's more and more out of state uh, investing, mm-hmm. which is what we're doing now. Sure. Uh, and people think like the, you know, the iPhone and all of that, that's been around forever. But in 2001, 2002, I mean, the iPhone wasn't there. No. The uh, DocuSign wasn't there. Electronic signature wasn't there. No. The Zillow wasn't there. So all these things was, uh, you couldn't do what we're doing today. In 2001. So, um, so, yeah, so Fresno, Fresno was the uh, the market that, that you chose, basically, because of proximity. and It was, pro-
1: uh, yeah, that. driving was yeah. our answer. And it was, yeah. it, it was uh, for me, it was important of size, because sometimes I get asked, well, why Fresno? The answer was yeah. it had a lot of people, and it was a yeah. diversified economy. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you know, back then, you could live in Fresno on 50K a year. Even today, mm-hmm. in 2020, you can live in Fresno, a family of four on 60 grand. Yeah, yeah. That's impossible for people to believe when you're in LA or San Francisco. Or oh, LA, exactly.
0: Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Oh my God. You don't need 200 grand. No, you can, yeah. you can live, you can buy a home in Fresno for 200 grand. Yeah. Which, you know, you could qualify. A lot of you can qualify with m- minimum wage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, so some of the houses that we sell with our turnkey business, they're like, let's say 90 or a hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. and people are shocked. It's like, that's the I buy the whole house for that. Yeah, or is that's that not that the down, down payment. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it is possible. There's a lot of uh, yeah. We kind of live in a bubble, and then it's just yeah. uh, I mean we do live in a bubble. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see how that uh, evolved. So. So this is uh, so. What what was the next step after that? So so you bought the Fresno. So yeah, was, yeah. Uh, so
1: our journey our journey starts uh, the first purchase late 2002, I believe. So for us, and again, if you've been doing this a long time, you know what's coming, right? There's a huge crash. Mm-hmm. So let's just call it 2008, which yeah, um, which was huge. But let's talk about what happened before that. So uh, yeah. at the time, we didn't have a goal. We just we were always just about the next house, right? Yeah. We weren't thinking financial freedom. We weren't thinking financial independence. We weren't thinking rat race. We were like, no, we're just, we're going to have a better financial future. So we go on, we go from like year one to like year five. We we end up with eight, eight doors, seven properties, right? One of them was two houses on one lot, right?
0: But still for us, it's houses. Yeah. So eight, eight doors uh, just before 2000, the the crash of 2000. Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then where we're at is we're trying to get the ninth one. This is, this yeah. is where, this is, if you read our book, this is, this is an inflection point in our business. So we're trying to buy the ninth house. And just for comparison's sake, we'll compare it to the first house, the house on Norris Drive, which I talk about in the book, we bought for 107, rented 1100. Norris Drive, not four years later, was selling for 264. Wow. Rent was still
0: 1100.
1: <laughs> That's how Crazy lending got, and how much froth was in the market? So wow. we're trying to buy a ninth house in that market. Yeah, and we don't know what to do because I'm, you know, I have an advanced degree. My wife's has an advanced degree. We're doing the spreadsheets, and we're like, we can't get anything but a negative number, right? It's all mm-hmm. negative cash flow, yeah. and we don't bet on appreciation. We never have, we never will. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're like, honey, I don't know what to do. I mean, this. We, uh, I don't know. Right. So we go to a real estate meetup and this real estate meetup changed our lives. We, we hear the guys speak. And uh, I remember talking to him afterwards and he put his arm around me and he goes, Oh, it'll be okay. And he basically says this magic words. Have you ever looked at small multifamilies and, and specifically commercial? And I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a millionaire or billionaire. I can't afford that. Right. Nobody in my family ever had anything. Right. So I only think oh, yeah. you can buy houses. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you should go look at five to 10 unit buildings. Mm-hmm. I'm like, five to 10 unit buildings? Where would I go look for that? I, mean, I don't know anything. I'm a total idiot, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, lo and behold, he gives me some tips and I go and look for him. And sure enough, we find a five unit building, five, one bedroom, one bath, big row, one story. Um, renting for $600 each for three grand, mm-hmm. right? Total. Yeah. And it cost me 223
0: Oh, wow. Compared to the yeah, 260 part, 260 yeah. For 264
1: for $1,100, $1,100. $1100. So, yeah. we go on a 1031 exchange binge. Okay. For for 9 months or 12 months we exchange every house. We mm-hmm. get out of the houses and we go into apartments. Uh so right before the peak we complete our last transaction and we go from 8 doors to 80. 5 Whoa. 13 10 yeah. 18 18, you know, we we just ladder up. Uh, cash flow explodes, mm-hmm. as you would expect. Yeah. Uh, but again, we, you know, the other thing you got to realize is managing apartments is very different than houses, right? You got more mm-hmm. people and closer spaces, yeah. so yeah. our expenses were off, right? We mm-hmm. we didn't budget enough expenses, and then the crash happens. Oh, ho, ho. that first house on Norris Drive goes all the way from two sixty four to seventy five grand, <laughs> and still rents for eleven hundred. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, But yeah, our apartments go down, but rents go up and yeah, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing fine. Our, our net worth probably takes a hit, but as I tell people, you don't spend net worth, you don't get out of the rat race on net worth as you Mm -hmm. learned with stock options. Right. It could change. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But our cash flow went up.
0: And the interesting thing too, is that it didn't matter what the price of the property was. You know, Mm -hmm. when you bought it at a hundred, the rent was 1100, Mm -hmm. then the value increased to 264. 1100 uh, then it's still 1100 yep. then it goes all the way down to 70 it's still 1100 that's right, right? so so that's what the, the rent i mean it's if you focus on cash flow yeah. i mean all these ups and downs i mean yeah you, you can go and take some money out uh when mm-hmm. your the value is, uh is up sure. but you know if you're thinking long term and um then mm-hmm. and you focus on cash flow then you're going to be fine you're going to be able to weather but maybe i'm jumping <laughs> ahead here no no. Because you obviously weathered. <laughs> yeah, we weathered it just so, fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and again, you know, the crash happens and, you know, we start seeing prices come down, right? Again, just using Norris yeah. Drive because we talked about it, it's 264 and then it's 220 and it's, you know, blah, 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 all down. So somewhere along the journey on the way down, we start trying to buy again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because houses are cheap. Yeah. Uh, and this is now another wake-up call. Uh, we go into a bank that has most of our money and we ask yeah. for a loan mm-hmm. and to buy another one, right? 20% down. 800 credit score, seven figure net worth, six figure income. Bank tells us no. I'm Like, huh? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I didn't even know no was an answer. I mean, <laughs> you mean a bank can tell me no? Oh, I mean, what's up with that? Right. Uh, and then we go to another bank and they don't only tell us no, they tell us no with curse words like no, F no. You're, you're the enemy. You're evil, right? Real estate yeah. investors got a bad rap 2009, uh, 2010. Yeah, it's yeah. like we were the cause of this horrible financial crisis when in reality it was freaking wall street and the banks doing bad and loans. The banks, wasn't me. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, why you, why are you pointing at me? But yeah, yeah, they turned, they, they told us no. And that is one of the reasons why prices got so low. Yeah. So we had to find another way. Uh, so we get aggressive. We use hard money to start with cause it's the only thing we yeah. knew of. And then we start raising private money. We start yeah. buying stuff for 40 grand.
0: Yeah. I mean, wow. it's
1: rough, but it's, 40 grand and the houses rent for 11, 12, 1300. Yeah. And uh, we buy everything we can, 2010, we buy every house we can. Uh, and then some, we buy apartments when the banks go, Hey, you got mm-hmm. this one. Can you take that one? We bought an 18 unit building, nothing down. Cause the bank wanted it gone. Uh, we ended up, we ended up, you know, we're coming out of the trough. We're now from 80 to like one hundred and fifty. We continue buying. And, and ultimately uh, my wife exits like six years ago. I exit two and a half, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the portfolio knocking on, you know, almost 200 doors, um, so yeah, it's possible, right? It all yeah, began yeah. with that one house.
0: Yeah. So uh, the um, and so all these houses, all these units, are they all in uh, in the Fresno area or Fresno County? No, nope, okay. Fresno
1: County. We have occasionally played with the idea of going anywhere. We did a lot. Remember in 08 when I talked about going from houses to multifamily. The first thing mm-hmm. we did is we go. Damn, California is too expensive. Let's yeah. go somewhere else, yeah. so for like three months we traveled, you know we'd go to Texas and San Antonio and Dallas and Austin, yeah, and, you know Reno and Denver and Salt Lake and Boise, and we went all over, but yeah. uh, for me, it was so hard to build a team because we fired yeah. the first five people, yeah. and I had so little time, right I was very often in three countries a week, right? I oh, could be wow. in Japan, Australia, and Brazil in the same week, Wow, okay, right yeah. so I had. No interest in doing that again. Um, so we toyed with it, uh, but we never left, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never leave at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you have a good, uh, good critical math in one market, math yep. in one market. So this is good, and I agree. I mean, it is uh, for us. We invest out of state, and it was very difficult to uh, to build a team out there. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been successful building the team, but it was a lot of effort, a lot of, uh, and before we put any money any other people's money into our projects mm-hmm. or sell uh we wanted to make sure that it worked for us so we always invested our money, money first made Smart. sure that the, the, all the kinks were out mm-hmm. and then we kind of expanded to uh, other investors Smart. um so that's that's an incredible journey obviously uh and um so what do you think the other people, like the people that have not uh, have not invested yet, they're working nine to five. Mm. Uh, so why do you think what is the uh, why do you think these individuals are not uh, what I are believe, the barriers basically to achieving financial freedom? for them?
1: Yeah, I believe there's two things um, because it, it's a sexy story. Right. Mm-hmm. But most people think it's fiction. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the problem. So I believe most people have clearly not all, but again, most people lack two things. First is belief. Mm-hmm. And the second is confidence. Yeah. So belief. That's why was I wanted to document the honest to goodness, bad and the good, the ugly and the great story of one rental at a time.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, again, I can only tell our story. Our story is our story. But we wrote it in a way that people can get belief. Mm -hmm. Now I am not promising financial freedom to anyone, but I do say if you follow the principles in the book, you can have a better financial future and that's good enough for folks. And then confidence is the other one, Mm -hmm. right? If you believe in yourself, sometimes it's confidence, right? We've all suffered right in this world financially at different points. Mm -hmm. I came to real estate investing off a catastrophic six figure loss in the stock market when my family and my you we never had ten thousand dollars, let alone a hundred thousand dollars to lose, right? So yeah. catastrophic, yeah. and you have to rebuild confidence in yourself. So I believe with focus, consistent effort, in time, you can do it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's lack of belief because I think most people think financial freedom, financial independence, retire early is fiction, and I'm spending my waking years telling you it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Time, work, effort, you can get there.
0: Yeah. And I think what, uh, what I like about your book, too, is about kind of like it's one, like one rental at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself and think, yeah. of, oh, I'm going to have to ma- have to figure out how to manage a portfolio of, uh, of 200 properties in order to do that. No, you don't need to do that. Yeah, and really. I mean, you're going to see some changes with your first rental. Absolutely. You know, just in your taxes and uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, all of these things. I mean it's it's a shift, it's a mind shift that is uh yeah, that is no, critical.
1: Nothing concerns me more when I take a, a a phone call from somebody who has zero. Yeah. And the first word they tell me is I need a hundred or God forbid a thousand units. Yeah. I'm like, no, you don't.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you know, if you come to me and you talk I I, I spend a lot of my time talking about four. I believe of most people can just get four rental properties. They will have a better financial future. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, financial independence, the time, the sacrifice, the life events you must work through to get there. It's not, it's not for everyone, but if we can get you to four, one a year for four years, man, life gets good. Yeah. That's that's what we should do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, yeah, there's also the zero to one. I think that, that's the, that's the jump here. That's, uh, And I agree with you, I think some of it is the beliefs. Uh, To me, like in my book, I talk about uh, limiting beliefs and belief system and stuff like that. And then kind of like getting that out of the way. Uh, But then after that is really about uh, focusing on the right strategy and all of that. And the zero to one is, this is where the mind shift happened. And then you just, if you can do that, take action and, Mm -hmm. and pull the trigger on at least one transaction. Yeah. you're going to see you're going to see a change you know you Yeah and what change. I
1: tell people to do back to the confidence you need to build confidence in yourself yeah, yeah. When I tell people the only thing you have to do cuz again my job was to secure capital and find deals that's all I did I I yeah. removed all the other nonsense never painted never did roofing never did plumbing not just outsourced it all cuz I yeah. was freaking out of the country right didn't have a choice yeah. but yeah. I tell them what, you know spend time researching your market go learn yeah. what an average deal is yeah. if you know what average is in any market mm-hmm. You only have to say yes to good or great deals, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on the market, one or 2% are good or great. Just say yes to good or great deals. Mm -hmm. And until you have the confidence to declare that's a good deal, don't do the deal. Yeah, I I see too many people get excited. They get energy. They look at three things and they go, I'm going to buy the purple one. Why the (laughs) hell are you going to buy the purple one? (laughs) Well, because it's purple or it's on, it's, it's the same address of the yeah. house i grew up in i'm like How yeah. did, what is that about i mean, what are these yeah. i
0: you know, oh, i have to i have to fall in love with my my investment in yeah that. no so, what no.
1: <laughs> yeah do the work do the work yeah. people you you can you can figure out what a good or great deal is it's really not that hard
0: that's right. And then the other thing, yeah. So, and you know, the, the turnkey rentals that we sell, I mm-hmm. mean, there are like $90,000 houses in Cleveland and, and Memphis. And then mm-hmm. so people in California that are used to the, the, marble, uh, mm-hmm. no, not yeah. the marble, the granite countertop and all of that. And they see the rental. And it's just like, yeah, it's not your house. You're not going to live in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking you to live in it. Ever. Yeah. It
1: doesn't have a Viking range. It's okay.
0: Exactly. Oh, you can cook an electric stove. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think so. I, so, confidence, I think, is great. Uh, I think you also mentioned um, that about knowing what a good deal and a bad deal is, and mm-hmm. this is great. And I want to go back to uh, kind of financial education because sure. you have an MBA. I came with a, an actuarial background, so, calculating financial risk mm-hmm. and uh, You know all of that and and i learned i learned a lot by other people that that are not they didn't get the same formation that i had like i I remember like the notes professor i think i mentioned it when we spoke last and he blew my mind with uh why i'm supposed to be the expert on on the interest and theory of interest and pricing of all these things and uh and yeah, I mean, he blew my mind and he was just, um, yeah. so it was kind of interesting. But and for you with, uh, with your MBA background, um, so what do you think, what, what lessons should people, what do, should people learn or know about in order to invest in real estate?
1: That's a very good question because uh, as an accountant and an MBA graduate, um, I thought the answer to the secret of real estate investing lived in Excel. It doesn't. <laughs> Uh, being a good real estate investor is simply understanding how hard your cash is working. So it's really addition, subtraction, and division. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. My my spreadsheet the first five years was multiple worksheets, all kinds of depreciation calculations and principal paydowns and all this other nonsense that's mm-hmm. not important. Yeah. My spreadsheet today is like 12 or 13 columns.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: How much cash am I putting down? Which is very simply said: deposit, closing cost, and make ready. Yeah. And then what's my expenses mm-hmm. over the month? What's the monthly rent? What's the net? You take the yearly expected cash flow divided by uh, the out of pocket. You get a percentage. It's mm-hmm. that simple. Yeah. Uh, I think I think I think people with a math, engineering, computer science, actuary background make it too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, I'm the perfect example. Uh, it is really simple.
0: Yeah, and this is what I like about the single-family rental space, right? So uh, when you get started, I think eventually, yeah, people should graduate to you know multifamilies. But really, getting started with the single-family rental, I think it's as important and to kind of build your confidence about about the numbers, about if it's uh, it's it, and also minimizing risk at the same time. So I think it's a good way to to get started. And, uh, and it's simple. I mean, everybody knows what a house is. Everybody yeah. knows what a tenant is. And yep. then, you know, there are some expenses running a house and everybody there knows what it is. And you want to make sure that you make some money at the end.
1: There you go. So very, very good.
0: simple. Exactly. Right. So, so that's, and that's the essence of it. You don't need to have any, you know, any MBAs. Sorry. No, not at all. No. Actuarial background to do no. that. And Absolutely this not. is what I like. it's a
1: detriment i've met too many people with engineering computer science i live in the silicon valley so they kind of rotate around me and i sometimes look at their spreadsheets and i go dude (laughs) way too way too much i i can't even understand it i mean were you writing code to create this thing it's really not that hard
0: Yeah. yeah so um okay and then the other another question i had was around the um so, so what do you think about the the current situation in t- terms of the, uh, you know, COVID and mm-hmm. all of that? How does that impact your, I mean, you've gone through a couple of uh, crises, oh, yeah. right? And um, so what mm-hmm. are you thinking about this current crisis? Is that some, uh, does that cause yeah. for you a moment of pause or mm-hmm. do you say, oh, you know, it's still forge question. ahead?
1: Yeah, so I definitely had a pause in in March, right? When, when yeah. anytime something yeah. new happens, I take a pause. I actually write about two pauses in the book, right? Mm-hmm. First pause is right at the peak, right? Right when we did all the ten thirty ones out because we did see prices softening. So we're like, mm-hmm. "Whoa, what's going on?" Because again, prices only went up forever. And yeah. then the other time we paused in the book is when the hedge funds came out of nowhere and started buying pools of yeah, foreclosures yeah. out of. Yeah. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. Right. So those are two times we paused when things changed. So we paused in March because we'd never been through a pandemic. I didn't know yeah. what that was. Stay-at-home <laughs> orders? What is that? Um, so definitely took a pause in March. Didn't know what was going on. Uh, then forbearance and all that stuff. But now yeah. uh, I think there's a couple of things. Because the other thing people need to realize is I am active.
0: Yeah. I'm not
1: done. I am mm-hmm. still growing my portfolio. I I'm, <laughs> I'm look at my market every day in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I'm not done. The beauty of real estate investing is you can do it till you're dead. Yeah, It's not not an age limit, right? Other than you've got to be 18 to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. But I can be 88 and still doing this, and I plan to. Uh, So again, I look at my market. What is happening in Fresno, which is where I'm at? First off, I think in today's market, it's very clear that urban cities lose. San -hmm. Francisco, New York, Chicago, Seattle, LA. Urban vertical cities, bad. Why? Mm -hmm. Because in the current health crisis, space is good. So that's one thing. I think San Francisco is toast, frankly, just to make it clear. Uh what that also means is we are now having a generation that historically speaking wanted to rent in these urban cities called the millennials, right? They are now surprisingly, and I have a daughter who's 29, they're they're now in their early 30s. So they're right they're like yeah. they have income, they're you know paying off student debt, interest rates are really low, yeah. and they are be going from renters to owners, which yeah. I think is awesome. But yeah. here's the trick. They're not owning in the urban cities. They are owning in the suburbs. They're not mm-hmm. renting a 4,200 two-bedroom in San Francisco. They're owning a home in the suburbs for 2,800. Yeah. Right? So I think homeownership goes up, statistically speaking. I think suburbs go up in value. I was mm-hmm. nervous in March, but I think Fresno sees double-digit price appreciation. We see one month supply of homes. I, yeah. I've been doing this 20 years.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: thought in 06 or 07 when we were at 2.1 two point one month supply, yeah. that was crazy. Today's yeah. one month. I've never wow, seen wow. it like this. Wow, wow. So I think prices go up. I think we have a, a rise in owner-occupants. I think the work from home is here to stay in a bigger percentage. Yeah. So I think the suburbs are the place to be. Uh, I think the big cities have a decade of pain. Mm-hmm. Um. I am really glad to own a lot of rentals because I think a a price appreciation happens first. Renters become owners, which reduce the supply perhaps of available affordable units and then rents go up in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I see, I see goodness ahead for the suburbs. If you're in the big city, like if you are a landlord in San Francisco right now, man, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah. Um, but, I mean, uh, the rent, the rent in San Francisco, like have gone down like ten, eleven 11%
1: double digits. Yeah. And they're giving away two months free yeah. and this and that. No, yeah. thanks.
0: Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. And then for us, yeah, and appreciate, but appreciate the supply, though, has also decreased. And I think a lot of people are just kind of, uh, you know, backed out. Uh, yep. they, they're waiting for the pandemic to be over before putting their houses on the market. and they We'll sell see. And stuff like
1: that. We'll see. I mean, that's uh, I'm yeah. certainly hoping so, right? Because I want to yeah. buy, I want to buy, I want to repeat what I did in the book. Yeah. In the book, we had 2002 to 2007, we went, we bought houses only. And that's what I'm buying now is I'm buying houses. Yeah. Because I see in Fresno, again, it's my market. I see another cycle coming where I could 1031 out of houses in the multifamily, call yeah. it 2025.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna
1: try to load up on houses the next four and a half years, Yeah. Uh, because I, I have proof that sometimes houses go crazy high and apartments go crazy mm-hmm. low. And I think that's gonna happen in, in 2024, 2025. Yeah. And uh, I wanna be ready.
0: Yeah, and I think in, like in 2009, 2010, I mean, this was the first time really that Wall Street, decided to buy pools of houses. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, this is insane that these people would buy houses. They like like paper. They they like papers and numbers. And sometimes paper based on other paper, Yeah, right? With the options and stuff like that. And then, but for them to physically go and buy houses, that was insane.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that. the day. I remember the day because I was, I looked every day, folks. I mean, most days twice. I was buying, I was writing offers every day in 2010 mm-hmm. on the next cheap house because I had lined mm-hmm. up private money so I could just keep on buying. Yeah. Um, but then I remember looking in the morning going, huh, there's, there's no new listings or at least nothing that yeah. hit my criteria. Yeah. And I'm like, that's odd. I first thought maybe the system didn't update. I'll check yeah. later. Right. Yeah. Check later, still nothing. Another day goes by, like two or three days go by. I'm like, something's different. So I call one of the REO agents who controlled inventory and said, what's going on? And he Mm -hmm. goes, Michael, you'll never believe it. I go, what happened? He goes, Wall Street is buying entire portfolio sight unseen thousands at a time. We are no longer getting daily inventory. I'm like, huh? They could do that? Why would they do that? It's because the houses were selling for 40 grand when they used to be worth 300. Yeah. They they were like almost riskless. So mm-hmm. I guess I get it in hindsight, but that was a that was a weird I remember thinking the system didn't update. Yeah. <laughs> no, freaking Wall Street came in and changed the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still buying today. They're still buying yep. a huge amount of houses today. They've automated a lot of that.
1: Oh, and they're lining so. up. Dude, rec- yeah. everywhere every time I turn around there's a special asset a SPAC being yeah. created to take advantage of this. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's not going to be the, if, if, and I don't think we will, but if we had a crisis in the future, mom and pop investors like you and I aren't going to get a lot of choices. Wall Street will just mm-hmm. soak it all up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, we in January, actually we created our wholesaling, uh, wholesaling mm-hmm. company and we actually, we are call, contacting people directly and making mm-hmm. offers directly. So before it actually nice. hit MLS at all, uh, just because of the volume that the, the number of houses that we have to buy every month um, yeah. so we have to but we uh, that we buy we choose, every month. To. <laughs> we choose to we have a lot of investors that are you know that's hungry helping yeah that are hungry for more investment so yeah. so we have to do that um, to uh, to serve them but uh, yeah we couldn't we couldn't do enough with uh, with MLS
1: yeah um, yeah I
0: get it every must know why we get some but yeah it happened a few times was oh wow we have one house. That meets our criteria. What we, we do? <laughs> Pretty funny. So, yeah. So, any, uh, any, uh, anything else you want to add? Like a favorite book beside One Rental at a the Time? Uh, there was one
1: uh, by Gary Keller. Uh, uh-huh. it's, I think it's the Millionaire Investor. It's blue and white. Okay, yeah. It's a, it's yeah, About that thick. Uh, the reason I like that book: first off, the book is great. But I've gone back in the back of that book. There's like thirty or thirty-five investor stories. Yeah uh that i've gone back and reread a hundred times
0: yeah um because i'm always
1: hungry think- for investor stories that's why i wrote one really yeah. of time is i want to know about somebody that actually did it don't tell me theory don't tell me yeah. about being a broker don't tell me about being a real estate agent i want to know somebody who busted their ass during the day yeah. w-2 job and got out yeah yeah and that yeah. and that was the first book where i found at least some stories
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and then the uh yeah and i think that's there was a, there was a few too like that. Uh, there was another one which was, was a barber that uh, made it into a, with again with real estate. He was just a barber, hmm. and then I think it's called the Millionaire Barber or something like okay. that. But I have to he, look start, that one up. he was a barber. It was an old, older book, but uh, uh, but yeah, I mean it was it was amazing. And to me, in my my story and what I discussed in the book in my book is uh, it's kind of when I when I got started at the apartment building that I bought. All of a sudden I was, uh, the, the, my mentor at the time was a, uh, a college, uh, community college teacher and he right. had a 36 unit apartment building that he was living off and he was choosing to work. Yeah. My uh, my friend's mother was a hairdresser uh, and she was doing a furniture store on the side and she had a 30 unit apartment building. Uh, there you go. Her father was a mechanic. And you had like a, another 30 unit apartment building financially free and you owned a house on a lake somewhere, <laughs> you know, all of that. So it's just like, these are normal people Yeah. that uh, they didn't go, they didn't get an MBA. They didn't become an actuary.
1: No uh, silver spoon. That's what I like.
0: That's right. And then just very simple, but then they had a goal and then they focused on that. They learned the skills uh, mm-hmm. to, to know what a good investment and a bad investments were. Yep. and uh, and they pulled the trigger. They made they made action. they took action, right? So that was nice that was important. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I like in your book too is like um you can use as reference. You have a, a chapter that's like the twenty one keys uh, yeah. to. Uh, so I think this is very important because you kind of want you want to go back. I think you want to go back to that chapter on a regular basis. I mean, your story is great, but every once mm-hmm. in a while you feel like you're you're down. Yes. Or you're having trouble. You can go back to that chapter and it's a fairly quick read and kind of like reminding you of some of the 20 20 keys to success and 21 keys to success. And then you kind of say, okay, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And then you I'm I'm, go back.
1: I'm glad you point that out because, again, right, about 60% of the book is our story, right? The good and bad, the road up. But I do believe the 21 key takeaways uh, is probably the most valuable section because, again, Mm -hmm. you can go back, you can look at it they're not all rosy. Right. I, yeah. and, and more than half of them, I admit I learned that lesson after a mistake.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. That's how most lessons yeah. <laughs> occur. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got that scar. I remember when I did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Very good. Well, Michael, uh, so th- thank you very much. Thank you for, uh, for your time, for your, uh, uh and then wait, people can obviously buy your book at uh, one rental at the time at, on Amazon,
1: Yeah, Amazon Uh, or Audible. It's also on Audible now.
0: Yeah. So, Audible, do you have an artist that is actually doing the voiceover or it's? No, it is somebody else. Uh, Okay. They
1: they gave me a test. They had me test it and I I don't read well, honestly. Okay. I pause and I. That's what they said. So, I had to pay somebody. I had to pay a reader. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. You have to take a test and you can't read. (laughs) I don't know if it's a test. Yeah, I guess
1: it was a sound test or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: It wasn't long. It was like 90 seconds, but they're like, we could do this for you, but it's going to be really expensive editing it. We recommend you use. I'm like, sure, I uh, that's okay. okay, okay, okay. We'll use someone. Oh, you have to
0: speak a certain. You have to speak a certain way.
1: Certain pace, certain rate. Yeah. They don't like your like trailing off and. Uh, yeah, 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 Too much. Okay. Too many things. It just freaked me out.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure it won't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> <Pay> <laughs> it doesn't work for you. Yeah. You else. Pay else. All right. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Uh, anything, any other uh, places where people can reach out to you if they want to advise?
1: Yeah. The best thing to do for me is I, uh, I have a YouTube channel called one rental at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put out daily original content, uh, every day, something new goes up there, uh, because that's where I go to help. So if you ever want to get hold of me or see what I'm doing, one rental at a time is my YouTube channel. Just subscribe, watch a few videos. That'd okay. be great.
0: Very good. Thank you, Michael. All right, Eric, Have take a care. Good, good rest of your day. I will.
1: Okay, Thank you for listening to Breakaway from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your
0: story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Breakaway from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.